is still, to this day, a great strip of Sydney in the inner city suburb of Glebe. Located right next to Sydney University, the student population has kept the area strange and arty despite how close it is to the city and no matter how strong the forces of gentrification try to hammer it. It remains a great place to find secondhand books, secondhand clothes, and decent, cheap, everyday takeaway. The best jacket I've ever owned in my life, I found on Glee Point Road. This is a cool street full of young people. Inside the multitude of share houses nearby, I'm sure there are a wealth of unrecorded bands, unfinished film scripts, and its complicated relationship statuses. More streets should be like Glee Point Road. Also on that street for many years was a bookshop called Half a Cow Books, Comics and Records. It was one of the main reasons I would, as a teenage student, venture to strange and arty Glebe. Half a Cow Books wasn't like other bookshops, like the big multi-story dimmicks in the city. Absent were the latest John Grisham thrillers or the latest cookbook. No, instead it was a small store filled with the esoteric. Books about obscure art movements, large photo books that seemed to contain work I was far too young for, comics but with no superheroes and sometimes not even in colour, and fanzines, those strange fanzines. What the hell was this place? Half a Cow was the first alternative bookshop I ever wandered into. Often I just looked at stuff in the window and not go in. It was a place where you left what was mainstream and popular at the door to explore the hidden and forbidden. Or you could say it's an alternative to the mainstream alternative to Dimmicks. But Half a Cow, which has long closed down, was more than just a bookshop. It was also the home of a record label and a place to hang out for the people who were on the Half a Cow record label. That label and store is what we are talking about in this episode. And the strange scattered path of the man who ran both the store and the label, Nick Dalton. It's a story that will encompass 250 odd releases, four people with the last name Hayes, and how the sound of Glee Point Road travelled around the world. Welcome to Just Ace, a podcast about the 90s Australian alternative music scene, whatever the hell that is. This episode, we look at the record label Half a Cow. Nick Dalton has a rich history and played in more bands than probably anyone else that we will talk about in this podcast. He posted a list on Facebook a few years ago and the list had 70 or so bands in it. His story also touches on a lot of the characters we will meet again later and some we've already met. In the 80s, Nick played in some bands around Canberra, including Go Set Go featuring Susie Higgy, who would later be in Falling Joys, and Anthony Hayes, whose brother Pat would later be in The Falling Joys. But Nick and Anthony would also form their own band in 1984. They called themselves the Plunderers, and in a nod to the Ramones, Anthony named himself Stevie Plunder. The Plunderers would be the main focus for both men for a little while. They had tried to move to Melbourne to try their luck in a bigger city, but relocated again in 1986, this time to Sydney. By now, they were joined by Andy Lewis on keys and guitar. In fact, several other important musicians passed through the Plunderers, like guitarist Charlie Owen, who would, amongst other things, be the Charlie in Texton and Charlie. There was also drummer Jeff Milne of the legendary Australian indie band The Eastern Dark. Another future plunderer drummer, Pete Velzen, was also in Falling Joys. This kind of crossover amongst bands was typical of the half a cow scene. It's just the way that Dalton seemed to draw people to him. The music of the plunderers was fun, melodic and kind of ramshackle. Part of it was how quickly and cheaply they were recorded, but it was part of Dalton's DIY aesthetic. Dalton also handled the artwork for many of the bands he worked with and treated it with the same cut-and-paste, cartoony, disposable chic. Here's one of the Plunderer's singles from 1990. This is Sarah's Not Falling in Love. Sarah's not falling in love. 
first manager in the late 80s was Steve Pavlovic, who everyone called Pav. The plunderers had moved out of Canberra and whilst travelling to Sydney with Pav, Pav talked them into letting him manage them. He would go on to be an important music promoter and label head and would play a large role in the big day out. He would be involved in the careers of bands who would sell a thousand times more albums than his first clients, the plunderers. But this isn't Pav's story, at least not yet. Nick's parents ran a bookshop in Canberra. Called Dalton's Books, it was legendary in Canberra and they opened a Dalton's Books in Sydney in the late 80s. The location was 85 Glee Point Road and they gave it to their 25-year-old son to run. Nick wasn't really into it though and along with a friend, Miles Ferguson, they decided to take the store down a different path. Ferguson, also from Canberra, had been involved in the Australian comic scene and wanted to sell more comics by local artists. By 1989, they renamed the store Half a Cow, and it was a place to find something different. Dalton had used the name Half a Cow for a Plunderer's album in 1986, a cassette-only release of home recordings, and only 300 copies were made. The idea of the name was based on a science drawing Nick saw in high school of an actual cross-section of a cow's insides. The Plunderer's album featured Nick's own cartoon of Half a Cow, and when he reused the name for his new shop and label, he used the same cartoon from that Plunderer's cassette. It's a funny logo. You'll understand it when you see it. You'll go, ah, half a cow. Go on, Google half a cow logo. The bookshop was started in 89 and the label started in 1990. While still in The Plunderers, Nick had made an album with his girlfriend at the time, Robin St. Clair of The Hummingbirds. The duo called themselves Love Positions and Nick had a test pressing for their debut album ready for a year with no label wanting to release it. The Plunderer's stuff had either been self-released or released on the acclaimed indie label Citadel. Finally, Citadel's John Needham put up some money to have it pressed. The debut album by Love Positions was called Billy B. Pup, a mishearing of the Ramones Blitzkrieg Bop. It had the catalogue number HAC01 and was released in 1990. Half a cow had begun. Here's Rooftop Superman by Love Positions. Mixed up inside, don't know what I want Can't say I tried, don't know what I want Leave it all behind, make something out of it Mixed up inside, trying to forget it Love Positions didn't do much. As you can hear, it's pretty raw and essentially a home recording. And both members of the band were busy with their own thing. Nick with the Plunderers and Robin with the Hummingbirds. And whilst Love Positions was always a side project, Half a Cow was soon a major project of its own. And that Love Positions album will become an important record for other reasons, which we will get to. It also sold okay, charting at number two in On The Street's Australian indie chart. Through his shop, his label, and just his own creative energy, Dalton drew many people to him. In 1991, two people who were drawn into the half a cow world would change Nick Dalton's life and transform the fortunes of his little label and send half a cow around the world. Tom Morgan was born in Maitland, close to but still a few hours away from Sydney. In his life, he would be close to, but also still slightly separated from the hip cool Sydney scene. He loved music and joined a band with Justin Hayes playing bass. Justin is a brother of Pat Hayes from Falling Joys and Stevie Plunder from The Plunderers. He also struck up a friendship with Nick Dalton. 
In 1991, Nick asked Tom to contribute a song to a compilation he was putting together for Half a Cow. It would be a four-track seven-inch with other bands. Morgan wrote Tea, Toast and Turmoil and recorded it with Paul Duncan on bass and Alison Galloway on drums. And suddenly, they were a band and they were named Smudge. They followed it up with their first proper release, the single Don't Wanna Be Grant McLennan in 1991. Grant McLennan was the member of the Australian 80s indie pop band, The Go-Betweens. Everything that makes Smudge great is on show here. The buzzy, catchy guitars, the ragged, lo-fi ambitions, lots of references to obscure music, and at one point even breaking into a snippet of the go-between's Bye Bye Pride. Here's Don't Wanna Be Grant McLennan by Smudge, first released on Half a Cow in 1991. The song on the surface is the silly argument about which of the two singers of the go-betweens was cooler and not wanting to be Grant, the more emotional one. But the song at heart betrays the best of what Tom Morgan does. There is a sadness to his lyric and his worldview. He mixed it with bright melodies and created a beautiful tension. And the 90s, the early 90s, there was never a better time to sound happy about being a bit sad. Through connections with Waterfront Records, Don't Want to Be Grant McLennan was reviewed in the British music bible NME, who gave it a single of the week. The legendary John Peel also raves about the song and was converted into a fan of Half a Cow. He sent Nick a postcard professing to be a fan. But released on the tiny Half a Cow label, it was more talked about than heard. The song didn't chart and there was no video or anything. But Smudge and Tom Morgan and Nick Dalton would find success through an even more unlikely path. Another happy-sounding sad man that would be drawn into the half-a-cow world in the early 90s was Boston's Evan Dando. He was touring Australia with his band The Lemonheads, who had yet to hit the big time, but had signed a major label deal with Atlantic Records. Like in Australia, the US had started seeing the value of scooping up indie bands on indie labels that had an audience and critical acclaim. R.E.M., Red Hot Chili Peppers, and others had made the jump, and The Lemonheads did the same. But unlike those bands whose fortunes grew with more powerful backers, the Lemonheads' first major label album, 1990's Lovey, had failed to chart or do much of anything. Steve Pavlovic, the plunderer's manager, had by this time taken to tour promoting. He would bring out great alternative bands from the US scene to Australia like Mudhoney, Fagazi and much more. The support for the Lemonheads' 1991 tour of Australia was the Hummingbirds. At this time, the Hummingbirds had Nick Dalton filling in on bass. Robin St. Clair was pregnant. Dalton and Evan Dando hit it off, and Evan quickly fell in love with the Half a Cow world. The early Lemonheads albums displayed punky energy, but Evan was a big rock nerd who loved pop music. 
After the Lemonheads finished touring, Evan returned to Australia and crashed with Nick Dalton and the two tried to write a couple of songs together. For whatever reason, Nick and Evan didn't have the chemistry for songwriting, but Nick thought Evan might be more suited to writing with his friend, Tom Morgan, and so was born one of the great songwriting partnerships of the alternative era. Tom and Evan took drugs and wrote songs. They wrote about Sydney and Glebe and the people they knew. They took lines and song titles from newspaper headlines. They shared just the one guitar between them and went back and forth. And what they wrote would end up on the album that made the Lemonheads big stars in the music scene worldwide, 1992's It's a Shame About Ray. Written in 1991 and released in 1992, It's a Shame About Ray was the album that turned the Lemonheads into stars. Two songs were co-written with Tom Morgan. One of them was the title track, It's a Shame About Ray, and the other was Bit Part. The title for It's a Shame About Ray was taken from a headline that Dando saw in an Australian newspaper. Alison Starting to Happen was inspired by Smudge's drummer, Alison Galloway. Nick Dalton wrote another song for the album called Kitchen. The film clip for Rock and Stroll features Robin St. Clair pushing her son Milo in a pram down Glee Point Road. There's a moment when they walk past Half a Cow books, comics and records. It's a Shame About Ray was one of the key albums of the American alternative scene in the early 90s and it took the sound of Glebe to radio stations around the world. Perhaps more incredibly, by the time the album came out, Nick Dalton was a full-fledged member of the Lemonheads himself. Nick was as busy as he'd ever be. He was still in the Plunderers and had started a new band, a psychedelic rock band called Godstar. He was also playing bass in the Hummingbirds and was starting to cook up a new band with Tom Morgan called Sneeze. He was running the shop and a label. Nick wasn't sure he wanted to lose a few months touring someone else's music, but he was encouraged by his friends to accept the offer to join and bring international attention to Half a Cow. That few months turned into over two years. You can see Nick prancing about in the film clip for their massive hit, the cover of Simon and Garfunkel's Mrs. Robinson. In Australia, the song was a top 20 hit and a minor hit around the world. Perhaps even better is the clip of the Lemonheads on Letterman, performing It's a Shame About Ray. Evan Dando wore a t-shirt of the Australian 80s indie band The East and Dark, whose drummer, Jeff Milne, was a one-time plunderer. There was suddenly a slither of an international spotlight on the Australian alternative scene. Nick continued as the bass player for the Lemonheads for their 1993 album, Come On Feel the Lemonheads. The big hit from Come On Feel the Lemonheads was a love position song, taken from that first Half a Cow album, Billy B. Pup, written by Robin St. Clair. It was called Into Your Arms. Here's the Love Positions original.
and here's the Lemonheads version of Into Your Arms, released in 1993. a number one song on the US Billboard Modern Rock Tracks for nine weeks, a record they shared with U2 at the time. In Australia, Into Your Arms charted at number 46, which was still pretty good. Robin St. Clair was one of the most internationally successful Australian songwriters of the 90s, and that wasn't the only Love Position song to receive a second life. The Ruart band Ratcat took a reworked version of a Love Position song and took it to number one. It was called Don't Go Now, and we will get to Ratcat in a later episode. Come on, feel the Lemonheads also featured another half a dozen songs written by either Tom Morgan or Nick Dalton. Back in Australia, Robin St. Clair was helping to run the Half a Cow label in Nick's absence. The Hummingbirds had broken up by now. The label became more than just Nick's music, with bands like Craven Fops, The Daisy Grinders, and Swirl all joining. They weren't all based in Glebe, but they were all from Sydney. In 1992, Half a Cow struck a distribution deal with Festival Records. Festival was owned by Rupert Murdoch and was hugely successful in Australia for many decades, licensing international acts. In 1992, and in the wake of Ruart, who we talked about in episode 3, Festival was looking for a piece of the alternative pie. Half a cow would use Festival to print their albums and get them into shops. No photos I know exist of Nick Dalton and Rupert Murdoch. Smudge was definitely the star of that early batch of Half a Cow bands. Having formed on a whim, they quickly found themselves part of the new Sydney scene of rocking, melodic bands with male-female members, alongside the Hummingbirds, Falling Joys and Clouds. Smudge played the very first Big Day Out festival in 1992, and released a number of well-loved EPs and singles between 92 and 93, and had some traction in the US and the UK, thanks to their connection with the Lemonheads. 1994 saw the release of their debut album, Manilow. It was the very template of Smudge so far. Short, witty songs with fuzzy guitars. Recorded in just five days, the band made 21 songs that fit into 41 minutes. There are two co-writes with Evan Dando, and Simon Holmes of the Hummingbirds plays guitar. Here's one of the Evan Dando co-writes, a song that was also recorded by the Lemonheads. Here's Smudge with Down About It. Dalton produced the record and played on a few tracks too. Taking their cue from the Hummingbirds' 1989 album Love Buzz, 
where they re-recorded some of their indie singles for their first album, Smudge did the same. Here's one of the re-records, the wonderful Divan from Manilo, Smudge's debut album from 1994, released on Half a Cow. Manilow, which is of course a nod to Barry Manilow, was released in the US and the UK. The UK release was on Domino, who would go on to be one of the coolest labels in the world. It also saw a release in Japan. It would be a big success for Half a Cow, its biggest selling release to date, and become the highest selling album in the label's history. Not that the album was a hit in any way. The album didn't chart in Australia, and neither did any of the singles. None of the songs made it to the Triple J Hottest 100, and the band didn't start filling stadiums around the world. Smudge, for all their fun songs and critical acclaim, weren't able to convert to Lemonhead's level fame. There's reasons for this. Smudge didn't really work that hard with touring and interviews. Tom Morgan was much more reserved than Evan Dando, and they were less commercial, especially by 1994, in a post-Nirvana world. If it was released in 1992, things might have been different and Half a Cow were not able to back it up with a big publicity push or a big budget film clip or a big TV performance. They just weren't that kind of label. Manilow is a wonderful record. If anything, with 21 songs, it maybe has too many ideas, but across its many songs are so many cool hooks, great choruses and clever mysterious lyrics. And because it goes by so fast, they don't overstay their welcome. Sometimes it gets a bit too jokey. There's a cover of the theme song to TV show Charles in Charge, but if you buy into the fun of the record and you like two-minute pop songs, well, there's a fuckload of them here. Here's another track from Manilow. This song was released as a single in the UK by Domino. This is Impractical Joke by Smudge. Smudge was pushing against the limits of fame in 1994, and Nick Dalton was doing the same in The Lemonheads. Having toured for two and a half years and travelled the world, he was tired of living out of a suitcase and ready to come home. He wasn't ideal for Evan Dando, but the pair remained friends, and The Lemonheads would continue to use Nick Dalton and Tom Morgan songs on later albums. One of the highlights from their 1996 album Car Button Cloth was The Outdoor Type. Written by Tom Morgan and released by Smudge originally, here's the Lemonheads version of The Outdoor Type. Always had a roof above 
always paid the rent And I never set foot inside a tent I could build a fire to save my life I lied about being the outdoor type This song made it to number 65 in the Triple J Hottest 100 of 1997. So funny that there's probably some Australian music fans that love this song but don't know it was written by an Australian songwriter. But that is nothing compared to the worldwide millions who love It's a Shame About Ray and don't know its Australian connection. There's probably plenty of Australian Lemonheads fans who don't know that connection either. And let's not be snobby about it, it's not like I knew the connection when I was dancing in my lounge room to Into Your Arms when I was a teenager. The Lemonheads connection did elevate half a cow, but it didn't turn Nick or his friends' bands into household names. Coming back to Australia with lots of new songs written on the road, he threw himself back into bands and tried to get back into the groove of being a Sydney musician and running half a cow. There was the band that he formed back in 1991 with Tom Morgan called Sneeze. They released a self-titled debut album in 1993. If you thought Manilow's 21 songs in 41 minutes was impressive, then you will love the first Sneeze album that features 41 songs in 47 minutes. I made a lot of mixtapes with Sneeze songs on them because they were great for filling out the last minute or so of a side of a cassette. It also featured lots of their friends, Evan Dando, members of the Hummingbirds, Smudge and more. Here's the wonderful Shaky Ground by Sneeze featuring Alana of the Hummingbirds on vocals. Hey Jim, how you doing? Do you need someone else? Well actually Jemima, I'd prefer to be by myself. Sometimes it helps to have someone else along. But if my girlfriend sees us, she'll come to the conclusion it's wrong. Does this mean we're on shaky ground? I'm happy when you're around. But let's not put our friendship at bay. I love you in a different way. Then there was Godstar, Nick's psych rock project, who released two albums between 93 and 95. But what he didn't pick up again was The Plunderers, the band that he had been in for most of his life. They broke up when Nick left for the Lemonheads. Stevie Plunder and Andy Lewis would form a new band with a young man named Tim Friedman called The Whitlams. And that story will come later. Does this mean we're on shaky ground? I'm happy when you're around. But let's not put our friendship at bay. I love you in a different way Does this mean we're on shaky ground? By 1995, Half a Cow had a strong roster of bands that Nick Dalton wasn't personally playing in. Bands like the wonderfully named Spitfiger and Sidewinder. Half a Cow would also release albums by Bernie Hayes, the youngest of the four Hayes brothers, and slowcore bands like Art of Fighting. We will highlight some of them in later episodes. But by the mid-90s, there was just so much alternative music. Half a Cow had switched distribution to Polygram by this point, and through deals with other labels like Red Eye, Polygram were pretty much putting out an alternative rock release, either a single, an EP or an album, every week. The labels were just shooting darts into the ocean. Half a Cow was getting lost in the shuffle. Nick got sick of trying to turn his label into something to please the music industry and trying to get onto Triple J by schmoozing music programmers. They would return to being independent by the end of the 90s with no more major label ties. Smudge released three more albums in the 90s. They did fine in the indie world, but they were not the kind of band to get into the van and do 200 shows a year to support it. 
They broke up in 1999, but sporadically get back together. In 2010, they supported the Lemonheads in Australia for a series of It's a Shame About Ray classic album shows. Evan Dando seems to tour Australia all the time, and every time, Tom or Nick, or both, get up for a song or two. In 2019, Ben Lee, an artist whose story we will dig into in later episodes, released an album of covers called Quarter Century Classics. The songs he chose are songs that meant something to him as he grew up, and he's around my age. Only one selection is Australian, and it's a cover of Smudge's Ingrown. Ben also chose Smudge's Manilow as his favourite album on the podcast My Favourite Album. From Quarter Century Classics, he's Ben Lee with his version of Smudge's Ingrown. Bookshop closed in 1998. As of this writing, it is a student travel centre. Half a Cow Books still exists, having been revived in a corner of Egg Records in Newtown. But it's not the world of underground fanzines and comics that I knew. That era is gone. There was a kind of Half a Cow house sound. Clever lyrics, pop melodies, production that was primitive and raw, and possibly by design, possibly due to budget, with a huge understanding of music history. Half a Cow shared a lot in common with indie labels that did jangle pop stuff, K Records, Flying Nun, Elephant Six, and other scenes. Flying Nun was definitely an influence on Half a Cow. And like those labels, they were tied to a specific place. And for Half a Cow, that place was Sydney. There's even a Half a Cow compilation called The Glebe Sound. But maybe that idea of the Half a Cow sound was because Nick Dalton played in so many of the bands, it also helped that the label had a house look. Nick did a lot of the band's artwork, as well as ads for the store. It's also the kind of label that was very much tied to a person. It's not the kind of label that you could sell onto a major label. As a young kid, I really loved Nick. I loved that he was a kind of musician and label guy together. Whilst everyone I knew who liked music and wanted to play, they wanted to be Tim Rogers from UMI or Cram from Spiderbait, I was kind of drawn to these label guys who also played in bands. That was just me. I liked the whole world of recorded music, and playing was just part of it. I didn't want to just be on a stage. In that sense, I also loved the guys from the Canadian band Sloan and the whole Discord Records scene, all band members who ran great labels and had other bands on those labels. We romanticised the hell out of lead guitar players and singers and whatever. Let's spare a moment for great music-playing indie label owners, and Nick Dalton was certainly a great one. It's not quite the loose jangle of the Glebe sound, but one of my favourite Half a Cow albums is Every Tuesday, Sometimes Sunday by Bernie Hayes, released in 1999 and closing out the 90s. 
Bernie is one of those Hayes brothers that I've talked so much about, with brothers who played in bands like The Plunderers, The Whitlams, Falling Joys, Whopping Big Naughty, and much more. Bernie himself was in Club Hoy. The album is also full of various members of important Sydney bands and features Nick Dalton himself as producer. There's also a Nick-written track called Speak, Memory, Speak, a nostalgic look at his own upbringing and his feelings about Sydney. I love the whole album, but I cherish that track. I was like 18 when I first heard it, and I was already nostalgic for the Sydney I knew that was passing away. Anyway, here's Speak, Memory, Speak by Bernie Hayes, written by Nick Dalton. still releases albums to this day. They never reach the heights of other labels or get heaps of Triple J airplay or festival headline slots, but they are acclaimed around the world and they've released plenty of music that I've loved. Love Position's Billy B. Pup had the catalogue number HAC01. 2018 saw the release of HAC200 and it was a new single by Sneeze, that side project of Tom Morgan and Nick Dalton's. Both men are still at it and Nick has more than a few other bands to contend with too also plays bass in Ratcat, made a solo album in 2021 that was HAC246. 2020, the label celebrated 30 years. It makes them one of Australia's longest serving labels and one of the few labels that started in the 90s that is still going today. And there's talk of a new Love Positions album three decades after the first one came out. Of this writing, there is a documentary about Half a Cow being produced called If It's Catchy, named after a sneeze song. Productions Facebook post photos, and they posted one with all the Hayes brothers. It has a 2022 release date. There are so many good bands on Half a Cow. They tried to capture the early 90s side, but later on they signed bands like Crow and Sidewinder that really did their own thing. I'll highlight them later on. All those Lemonheads 90s albums are essential. In particular, it's a shame about Ray. There was a 30th anniversary reissue of that album in 2022, and lots of this story was told in that lavish reissue. There's also a best of the Lemonheads Atlantic years, and half the songs involve either Tom Morgan or Robin St. Clair. Half a Cow released heaps of compilations over the years. There was one released in 2015 for the 25th anniversary that covers a lot of ground, called Doing It For The Kids. It's okay as a taster, but it has tracks from their reissues and their more modern stuff. It's eclectic, and with 250 odd releases, any compilation barely scratches the surface. For Smudge, all four of their 90s albums are great and Manilow is sort of the important one. There is a best of called This Smudge Is True that has some of the loose singles as well. If you want the best injection of the Glebe sound, go for Sneeze. 
the band that had Nick and Tom Morgan. They also have a soft spot for Godstar, the psych pop band that Nick did after the Lemonheads. I'll put up some videos and things on the website, including that clip of Rock and Stroll by the Lemonheads, where you can see the Half a Cow bookshop very briefly. To end, here's the smudge version of The Outdoor Type. Always had a roof above me, always paid the rent. I never set foot inside a tent. Thanks for listening to this episode of Just Ace. If you've made it here, well, this is where I talk about updates on the podcast in general and talk about how you can support me. You know, like every other podcast you've ever listened to, ever. So the big news is there's a poster. Check out the link in the description. The design is drawn by me and features 163 people from Australian music in the 90s. It took a long time to do, and it will probably be the book cover when all the scripts are turned into a book. Find out more about why I did the poster on the website. Link is in the description. Go have a look. Part of it was to have a Patreon bonus of some sort. Thanks to all the new patrons. More people have been signing up, and I am very grateful. There have been some good questions coming through there as well, and I've enjoyed having chats with people. It's only $3 a month to support and to help keep this podcast ad-free and independent. Patrons will get a discount on a signed poster if they want one and other stuff I'm working on. There's also a tipping service called Buy Me A Coffee. Links for everything, you know, in the description, like every other podcast you've ever listened to. I've been getting a lot of nice comments and messages. If you have a chance, feel free to tell me how much you like the podcast over on Apple Podcasts' review section. It really helps with being discovered. I'm still number one in music in Australia and peaked at 101 in all podcasts in Australia. I am so surprised and thrilled. Leave me a five-star review while you're there. As usual, go to justace90s.com to find all the show notes and extra information on every episode. Or justace90s on social media everywhere. That's justace90s. That's it. Next week, back to history class. I make a case that street press in Australia was actually invented in Brisbane. Start again.